You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Legal Skinny Podcast. Let's talk a little bit about OSHA and COVID-19. Now, on this podcast, uh, note that I'm talking about OSHA at the federal level and not what you may have at the state level. So please keep that in mind for this discussion. So OSHA, 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 Occupational Safety and Health Administration. For some businesses, the idea of an OSHA violation or reportable injury strikes fear across the leaders of the company because it's not a good thing um, because there can be so much surrounding what that means for the company including the limitations on bidding or getting contracts. You don't want to be in the situation where your company is considered unsafe, um, meaning others consider it a risk to do business with your company. And uh, there are many companies that go to great lengths to avoid the dreaded OSHA citations and penalties. And there's no doubt in my mind, and if you've been following along at all about OSHA issues, then there's likely no doubt in your mind as well that we've seen a shift in the approach the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration has taken in regards to COVID-19 issues in the workplace in 2021. I talked a little bit about this back on episode number 35, highlighting you know the always present issue of retaliation worries for the employer when any adverse action is taken against a worker who has tried to bring a safety issue, of course, to the attention of the employer. That's a big no-no, right? So um, this, of course, includes potential COVID-19 issues and retaliation issues related to that. So, you know, here in 2021, um, you know, from President Biden's executive order on protecting worker health and safety to the January release of the Protecting Workers Guidance on Mitigating and Preventing the Spread of COVID-19 in the Workplace from OSHA, and then in a March 12, 2021, um, press release, the updated interim enforcement response plan for coronavirus disease um, with OSHA launching this sort of national emphasis program, focusing enforcement efforts on companies that put the largest number of workers at serious risk of contracting the coronavirus. Uh, this shift has been coming. Uh, specifically, Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary of Labor for Occupational Safety and Health, Jim Frederick, said specifically, this deadly pandemic has taken a staggering toll on U.S. workers and their families. 
we have a moral obligation to do what we can to protect workers, especially for the many who have no other protection. This program seeks to substantially reduce or eliminate coronavirus exposure for workers and companies where risks are high and to protect workers who raise concerns that their employer is failing to protect them from the risks of exposure. So coming off of all of that, there's two published OSHA citation matters um, against businesses that, that um, I kind of wanted to talk about here. Uh, the first the first was published in late February 2021, in the midst of all of all of this sort of guidance and stuff coming out. Um, it was out of Grandview, Missouri, and the OSHA citation issues surrounded allegations um, uh, based on the following. So two machine operators at a Grandview auto parts manufacturer who jointly operated a press tested positive for the coronavirus just two days apart. And this happened back in late August, 2020. The two workers, and then, again, these are all, um, you have to call them allegations. <laughs> That's how they're um, set forth, but the citations did occur related to this, okay? So, but the two workers typically labored for hours at a time, less than two feet apart. Neither wore a protective facial mask consistently. Uh, 10 days later, two more workers operating similar presses together tested positive. Then on September 19, 2020, one of the press operators fell victim to the virus and died. In an investigation that followed, the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, right, OSHA, cited Peterson Manufacturing, which is operating as Maxi Seal um, Harness Systems, Inc., under OSHA's general duty clause for failing to maintain safe working conditions. At least six employees of the Grandview plant um, had tested positive for the virus, and the company um, faced one serious and then uh, what they call one other than serious violation and proposed penalties totaling around $15,604. As part of this investigation, um, OSHA, when, when they talk about this in, in their press release, OSHA's Office of Occupational Medicine and Nursing determined with a reasonable degree of medical certainty that the deceased employee contracted the virus while on the job. Um, they talk about the, this employer, this business, saying that they failed to fully implement and enforce the use of feasible controls for employees to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Uh, and specifically the OSHA area director, uh, Karen, Karina Lorick, um, said, we found that the company failed to implement the use of face masks and social distancing properly throughout the workplace um, until after the death of an employee. Uh, so in that case, um, which happened way back in the summer, and we're, you know, this didn't get published here until February, uh, which is interesting. Um, I, you know, obviously there was a lot more different things going on <laughs> back then. We didn't have the vaccine like we have now. Um, and, and certainly we didn't have all this guidance that's now more recently been published. Now, since this recent guidance, um, some of the stuff that's been coming out here in 2021, there was a second case that I want to talk to you about out of Massachusetts. And, and the information related to this case was published in April 2021, but the, um, um, the facts surrounding it uh, appear to have occurred around the March 
2021 timeframe. So um, let me give you the alleged facts on that one. So the owner of a Lynn, Massachusetts tax preparation service um, faces $136,532 in penalties for prohibiting her employees and customers from wearing masks, failing to ensure employees and customers practice social distancing and refusing to implement other safeguards against the coronavirus. Uh, specifically, they cited um, Ariana Mural Rosario uh, doing business as Liberty Tax Service for willfully failing to develop and implement measures to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And, and this is the facts are a um, little interesting um, and, and a little surprising on my end um, because it includes saying that um, that this business actually prohibited employees and customers from wearing face coverings in the workplace. Um, there was a statewide ma mask order in place um, that mandated the businesses to require employees and customers to wear masks. Um, but again, it wasn't even like it was like uh, where the business or the employer made it optional. And in this case, they actually um, prohibited it. So it was, um, you know, uh, not surprising that if that is true, those facts were true, that OSHA would find this case to be uh, one of the cases that I, I mentioned, like in their press release, that they would think that you know, going um, to take steps that really um, probably are uh, against all the guidance they've been giving as to how to protect these employees is something that they would want to highlight as uh, not acceptable. Um, so, but the other pieces that didn't include um, the specific talk about the the statewide mask order actually include stuff that is in the guidance for the federal OSHA. Uh, guidance that we've been seeing published here in 2021 is um, the requiring of employees to work within um, the requiring of employees to um, work within six feet of each other and customers for multiple hours while not wearing face coverings. And that is talked about in that guidance um, here. Uh, they're saying that this employer business actually required the employees to work within six feet of each other and they didn't wear face coverings, of course, and they were working with customers as well. So um, again, those facts, you know, uh, go right up against the guidance that we've seen that OSHA has already published, right? They also talk about how uh, this employer business allegedly failed to provide adequate means of ventilation at the workplace. And we've seen a little bit of discussion from OSHA about what that means as far as ventilation. And then we also have seen them talk about this other piece where there's a failure to implement controls such as physical barriers, pre-shift screening of employees, enhanced cleaning and other methods to reduce the potential for person-to-person -person transmission of the virus. Um, specifically, the OSHA regional administrator, um, Galen Blanton in Boston said, this employer's willful refusal to implement basic safeguards places her employees at an incre increased risk of contracting and spreading the coronavirus. Uh, stopping the spread of this virus requires businesses support in implementing COVID-19 prevention programs and ensuring that staff and customers wear face coverings and maintain physical distance from each other. Uh, again, I found that the alleged facts of this one a little strange just because um, the prohibition <laughs> of going <laughs> against the guidance, um, you know, uh, especially since this state in particular, um, like my state in Texas doesn't have the mask mandate anymore and has lifted the, a lot of their restrictions. But I think you still have to pay attention that OSHA at the federal level is talking about how to keep the workers safe. 
Um, but there's no state mask mandate in place. But here in this state, there was, and they and and the employer business allegedly went against that. So um, that was not looked on um, as a good thing uh, in in the discussion of this by OSHA. I think the other thing you have to think about is that one of the the I I think the trending things that you've seen throughout the guidance published by OSHA and in particular what we've seen come from them here in 2021 is this talk about this sort of analysis, this risk analysis that they want to see. So uh, you may have done all of that risk analysis stuff about the type of work that you do back, you know, last year. Uh, And I, I think that that is something that, you know, then when you took steps of, okay, this is the things we're going to do to put in place to try to limit the, you know, spread of um, the coronavirus in the workplace, that's kind of what they're talking about here. And I think what's happened now, of course, here in 2021, we have the vaccine, there's a lot of things changing, a lot of states um, changing what restrictions they're requiring. Uh, leaving it up in many cases to the employer to make these decisions. Yay. <laughs> um, that's what you wanted, <laughs> possibly to make these decisions on your own. So um, with that, you know, comes the responsibility of trying to figure out like, what are the risks in the workplace? What exposes these employees to certain risks? And are we still like taking steps to, to prevent the spread of um, COVID-19? And uh, that is kind of, you know, a trend that you've seen throughout the guidance that that they've been publishing and certainly throughout with these two cases. I think, um, you know, both businesses here were given 15 business days at at the time they were um, issued these citations, whether they they were going to comply or take steps to contest the findings. And, um, you know, regardless of that, I think there's no question now uh, and for the remainder of this pandemic that OSHA intends to play an active role in going after employers for potential COVID-19 safety violations. And I bring this to your attention because, well, you don't want to be on their naughty list. (laughs) If you thought, well, the vaccine's here, the mask mandates are being lifted in many states and the restrictions are loosened, so uh, it's okay to do the same in the workplace. I think these two cases show you um, that you have to be careful about how you approach um, now through whatever is deemed the end of this pandemic. Um, specifically, uh, looking at the words <laughs> coming coming out of OSHA, uh, again, let's talk about Jim Frederick's words um, in, in the press release that I discussed a little earlier. Um, He said, you know, with more people being vaccinated and the number of infections trending down, we know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But until we are past this pandemic, workers deserve a labor department that is looking out for their health. So it's um, something to think about, uh, even though I know everyone's sick of all the the rules and the, and, you know, all these things that have to be put in place because it's very laborious uh, to keep up with all of this and to um, not just have the policies and procedures, but to actually make sure that people are following them, which I think is, um, you know, because employees are (laughs) sick of some of this stuff too, right? So um, it's, you know, uh, no doubt um, whenever the end, whatever they declare the end of this, um, 
pandemic ended, uh, everybody will be super sick of all of the, the things that it's taken in the efforts, certainly the extra efforts that businesses, employers have had to take um, to try to minimize these risks for the workers. But if it's your responsibility to protect the company, um, I think with the risk of potential OSHA violations or penalties, this is probably going to be a piece of that pie in the protection. And, um, and so I think, I think that's definitely something that you don't want to, um, let your guard down about based on kind of what I'm seeing with these two cases. So I'll leave you with that. And that's legal skinny on OCHA COVID-19 citations go on and on and on. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the legal skinny podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also check out legalskinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.